Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. We're going to pick up from something we mentioned uh, last week. Uh, as I recall, we were going over the question of what is it that leaders do anyway. Um, and one of the points there was uh, the uh, article we were responding to had said that the job of an executive was just to, to define and enforce culture and values and then to ratify good decisions. But we both felt that uh, in our experience, executives and leaders do more than that, that they are, are doing a lot more to set direction. And we we said, we made a reference to Bungay and the Art of Action, uh, briefing and back briefing, something we've talked about before, and uh, we're going to come back to that this week. Yeah, we'll, we'll link in the show notes to the previous episode. That's right. But uh, we, we have some more developed ideas. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's uh, exciting because we're actually going to be sharing some of the material from our book that will be coming out next year. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's really exciting to be able to, to talk a little about this as, as the book gets uh, closer to being done. We, we, we should mention what book it is, Agile Conversations from IT Revolution Press. Thank you. That's the end of the advert. <laughs> and uh, uh, so when it was an example, we talked about um, that when a, a leader has a decision, how do you go about um, getting that, uh, getting everyone in, in the organization aligned? And we, we talked before about this briefing and back briefing. And the goal here, the, the point is that uh, you're trying to make sure that you can engender something called independent thinking obedience. Whoa, that's a big, big phrase, Jeffrey. Better tell us what <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's kind of a surprising phrase, because, it, but uh, it, it's impor two important points here, which is independent thinking. You want people to be able to use their own thought, but also obedience in the sense that they're aligned with a larger goal, with a larger strategy. And I think this is something that people might be familiar with. A lot of people now these days are using OKRs, and they'll have OKRs that cascade down through organization. And, and this is, has something similar, but it's a, it's a bit more tactical, a, a, bit, a bit more tied uh, to... Uh, people, what they're actually doing, uh, in implementing. I think it's it has more context than usually come in OKRs. But mm. before we get into, we're, we're actually going to help you provide a, a checklist, uh, a way to score if you're doing a good briefing or back briefing. But before we, we do that, we should explain what we mean by briefing and back briefing because not everyone will necessarily listen to our previous episode. And we, I think we can do that, uh, illustrate it, by way of one of your favorite stories, Squirrel, if you're willing to share that with us. I certainly am. And people who remember it from the last episode, which might have been like 60 episodes ago or something, they can skip forward a bit. But uh, I like telling this one. And if you haven't heard it, I think you'll enjoy it. So once upon a time, back in the age of uh, um, set piece military battle. So this is in the 19th century when the Prussians are fighting the French. And why on earth are we talking about this in a podcast on agile developments? Because the book it, that these ideas come from, Bungay's Art of Action, is uh, draws ideas from the Prussian military. It turns out that the way they beat Napoleon, and or, or learnt from Napoleon, and then beat Napoleon the Third and and others who who came after him, was very much based on the same kinds of of methods that we're uh, talking about and, and advocating that you use in your agile team. So we've got this guy, uh, Von Moltke, I hope I'm saying his name right, and he's busy fighting uh, Napoleon III. He wants to surround the French, and he's got two armies who actually have just beaten the French. And you'd think, well, he's done, right? He's, he's won the battle, but it doesn't work like that. Um, the, the battle's won, the, the French are in retreat, but he actually wants to capture them. And uh, what he's got is, um, of course, a battlefield with no drones and no radios and uh, no radar and all that <laughs> kind of, of stuff. So there's no way for him to know what's happening. All he knows is he won. 
And so what he does is he uh, puts two messengers on two different horses, and he writes a, a very similar letter to each and uh, to, 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 for each one to carry. And he says, uh, the commander of the first army is somewhere that way and sends the messenger, first messenger off. And the commander of the second army is somewhere that way and sends the second messenger off. And um, what the letters say, and, and Bungay actually shows us the letter, which is great. He translates it from German, which is helpful. And the, the letter basically says... Look, I'd like you to march north uh, because what we're trying to do is surround the French. That's the situation. And he says, my intention is to surround them. Uh, You're going to be on the west side to one army, and you're going to be on the east side to the other army, but I'm not sure where you are. That's my intention. I'm going to come up from the south. You'll go on the east. The others will go on the west. Um, North is the Belgians, and the French don't like the Belgians, so, so they can't go that way. And... Uh, uh, what I'd like you to do is pick a, a way to go north. Uh, your, your job is to go north whatever way you can. And it could be that you're going to use your cavalry. It could be you're going to use your infantry. It could be you use both. Um, you have a river in the way, but I don't know how close you are to it. You figure it out. And then, and, and this is the briefing. So the briefing says you're free to do it however you would like. Oh, and uh, the other important point is that he um, tells each commander not to fight the French which seems strange. They're in the middle of a war. Why not fight the enemy? Well, they don't want to get drawn into a battle with a subset of the French while the main army escapes. So he said, don't get drawn into a battle. You get drawn into a battle, pull back. Your job is to go north. So we've got a constraint, don't fight. You've got a a direction, go north. A freedom, use whatever means you'd like. And crucially, a back briefing. Because what he says is right at the bottom of this letter, what you're going to do, so I can coordinate with you, and coordinate the other army, and send it back by this same messenger. So the messenger's standing there, huffing and puffing, and catching breath as, as the horse is, and the uh, commander writes, I'm going to take my cavalry north, and hands it back to the messenger, who then rides back to uh, uh, Van Moltke. This all happens at three in the morning, by the way, after the uh, uh, the battle is, is finished, and the French are retreating in, in confusion. And in fact, he managed to surround Napoleon III and depose him. So uh, this was a successful uh, battle plan. But it has all the crucial elements of um, giving uh, intelli- independent thinking obedience directions to the people in your in your team, in this case, in your army. Right. And, and uh, Bung actually provides a checklist uh, in the book, uh, Art of Action, about what what you should have uh, in your in your statement that uh, would would constitute a good briefing. We love checklists. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's we really like those. Great. Let, let, let's do it. So you, you need a you need an account of the situation, uh, which is uh, you need a, a short statement of the overall intent. Uh, you need an. Let, let's check these off. So we've got we've got the account of the situation, which was hey we're surrounding these guys, and the the intention, which was march north. Yep. And then extrapolation of the more specific tasks implied by the intent. Mm-hmm. Cavalry, infantry, figure out where to go. And, and then finally, it should give further guidance around about boundaries. Uh, so but not what, to do what are the limits exactly. Yep. Don't get involved in a in a skirmish. Right, and and I think this, these are really important because if we go back, we we often say we want people to have initiative. We want them to uh, be able to use their best judgment. But I think this is where a lot of times people fall down because they don't actually give people the uh, enough information. Uh, in their organization to be able to to be armed to make these decisions. And as a result, they end up, uh, people end up unsure what to do. They maybe they come back 
seeking clarification or seeking decisions, pushing decisions back up to leaders that should be made at, uh, by the people doing doing the work. Uh, and, and so that's why for us, and it's also we make this point in the book, and we made this point very often in, uh, I know you're consulting, you often talk about this, is that it's very important to have a good briefing. Um, but that's not the only thing. You also have the, the back briefing, which is it doesn't get nearly as much uh, um, attention in the um, in this story, because we mostly talk about von Moltke, but actually there's the very important part is the back briefing. Indeed, he couldn't have coordinated the armies if he hadn't had the information from both commanders about where they were going to go. And similarly, if I ask um, you know, the database team to do one thing and the front-end team to do something else, um, I'm not going to be able to coordinate and be helpful to both of them and help them avoid problems if I don't know which they're each doing and how that matches up. Right. And so I, I have an example where uh, actually I had a, a, this, this happened to me where I thought I had, had given clear direction, but I, I, I didn't actually get a back briefing. And ah. so the, the, situ- <laughs> the situation was um, we uh, have in our, in our product at Tim, we have a bunch of, of options and um, I wanted to remove some of the options to simplify the product. And I had- This is software options, not financial options or something. It's like you can go t- <laughs> tick boxes and choose um, red or green or whatever. That's right. So there's some, some system settings here. And uh, I thought we could simplify it. And so I'd given direction to one of the product managers saying that we'd like to, that was the intent to simplify. And uh, for then he would he do an analysis uh, about which ones we might want to keep and uh, which ones we'd want to call. And um, he took that off and, and, uh, and I thought everything was great. And then checking in a week later, um, I was surprised when he told me, yeah, we're, we're almost done. I said, well, done, done what? He said, done, we're almost done removing all the options. I said, well, I, I don't understand. I, I didn't want you to remove them. I wanted to hear your recommendation. <laughs> so yep. he, he'd, he'd gotten the intent. We're looking to simplify here. It was like, yep, we're going to look to cut options. Let's go see. Let's go cut them all, uh, which was which was not at all, at all what I was after. So um, I, that was a case where I missed uh, uh, the briefing. So uh, if I had been using what we're about to explain here about how to score you got the briefing, briefing, but you didn't have you, you didn't have the back briefing. Yeah, exactly. Right, because you you had said here's what I'd like to do, and we could have scored you, but but how would we score the back briefing? How would we know if, if this person had come back to you? How would we know uh, whether he'd done a good job? Well, first let's score the briefing and let's see like what if, if I actually did that good of a good a job. Uh, so in us for our scoring, we've kind of simplified it to to three elements to score the briefing. Did you, did you, in, in your conversation, did you explain the intended outcome? Uh, number one, well, I did. I said, I wanted to simplify the product. So that was understood. Uh, second, the constraints within which the outcome should be sought. I think that's where you fell down. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't do that. And, and number three, freedoms available during the execution. Yep. Uh, I, I would say I was maybe one for three. Uh, so there was some action that was aligned with my intent, but because I, I, missed on the constraints and the freedoms, then uh, actually that w- that was led to a misunderstanding. Now we could have caught this if we'd done a back briefing, which is having him explained it to me. So maybe you can explain how we might score the back briefing. Sure. So the, the back briefing should in- include the intended action. Hey, Jeffrey, I'm going to delete um, 90% of the options. At that point, you have a heart attack, and and we we <laughs> immediately solve our problem. So so that's helpful. Just including the action is a, a start. Your reasoning for adopting that action, we're trying to simplify the product, and a product with no options will be really simple. 
you, 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 you have another heart attack. Um, yeah. And um, confirming that your plans match the briefing. Um, and at this point, having seen two heart attacks from you, I, I think I could conclude that uh, uh, my plans do not match the briefing. So that would have been a very helpful discussion to have had before anybody wrote any code or deleted any options. That, that's right. And I think one thing that's important to do here is that when we're when we're laying out this briefing and back briefing, these are things that, that you, any of our listeners, can do independently. There's, you can provide a back briefing, even if the other person you know who's, who's giving you an assignment didn't really follow this model. You can think, oh, you know what I need to do? I need to make sure that they know what I plan to do, my reasoning, and then confirming. I'm going to check, hey, is that what you expect of me? Uh, if that had happened, even though I didn't give a very good briefing, it would have, as you say, surfaced the fact that we weren't aligned and uh, and and uh, probably wouldn't have had a heart attack because I would have found out immediately <laughs> when I found out a week later what was happening. That was a, that was a little bit more stressful. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. Minor heart attack, heart palpitations, palpitations. Exactly. But you now you have done. I had a I had a, a failure story of failing to do this. But you have a, a great example of of actually putting this uh, in, in into into effect. Can you share that with us? I certainly can, although it predates me reading Bungay, so either I was psychic or uh, lucky, I'm not sure which, but um, I was working with a, a company that, um, we won't go into too much detail about what they do, but they basically had some products on a site, and uh, as many uh, companies do, they'd, they'd like to sell the products, so they had a whole shop mechanism for uh, selling those products, and they were reasonably complex. You needed some information about the products before you bought them. It wasn't like, uh, um, I don't know, buying pencils or something. You just pick a, a, a size and, and buy it. There were some reasonably complex things that you had to do and, and get some information about it. So the shop was not simple. And so the uh, person who was in charge of the shop part of the application was giving a back briefing. I didn't call it that, but we had figured out that there was this lack of communication, this lack of coordinated direction. When we uh, found out that um, one team had gone off and spent 250,000 pounds on something that nobody needed. So um, that, that seemed like a good point at which we should introduce some kind of back briefing, some kind of feedback mechanism. Right. So we had these regular sessions with the um, chief operating officer who would come along and say, all right, fine. So um, having, having given you a briefing, having agreed on what your plan is, what are you doing and um, how is that working? And uh, we certainly didn't score it in this way, but uh, we were certainly looking for intended action, reasoning for that action, and confirming, hey, COO, does this match with what you're doing and what everyone else is? So the um, person who was uh, uh, organizing the, the work on the shop, who was improving it, he had uh, um, planned for quite a revamp of the shop. It was going to work very differently. It was going to have all kinds of um, exciting, whizzy things that would make you want to buy and um, that would make you interested and make you understand, most uh, importantly, what was what the product was. So after you had uh, uh, chosen all your options and things, you, you had a, a product and you could look at it and say, yep, that's for me. And he came and demonstrated an early version of this, a prototype to the COO at one of these regular um, uh, sessions. And the COO just got more and more purple in the face as he saw this thing. Oh, no. And I could see this and the, 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 the shop leader could see this as well. And we were thinking, what's going on? We asked and we said, does this match what you were thinking? And he said, well, no, um, what's missing is uh, we, we aren't telling them why they should buy it. Um, and what had happened was that um, all of the marketing elements that were on the uh, current version, the one we were replacing, all the things that said, this is wonderful, you're going to enjoy this, it's going to be great for you, here's all the advantages, all of those had gone. And instead, there was all kinds of wonderful stuff that told you what your new amazing whizzy thing would do. 
but nothing about why you would want it. And there was a whole marketing effort to reposition the product and make people want it for different reasons. And all these things had to be coordinated and none of it was there. And I remember we both walked out, the shop product manager and me, and we both walked out saying, well, I'm really glad we didn't build that. Right. <laughs> um, because we got it really wrong. And thank heavens we got the feedback when we did. It was still pretty painful, and the COO was uh, not terribly pleased with us. Um, uh, I don't remember it it's long enough ago that I don't remember what his briefing was like, and we could score it as well to find out. But we certainly hit everything in the back briefing that allowed us to get the, the feedback early, and we saved ourselves from building the wrong shop. And in fact, we built a very successful shop, and that shop is still running today and uh, selling products very well. That's great. I, I, I like that the, the story of, of uh, you know the um, successful re- recovery there and the, the, the dramatic difference there between um, having built the right thing and the wrong thing and having discovered it when you did in this in this conversation is uh, is such a win and uh, it's the kind of thing that you you didn't need to have the you know a strong uh, uh, briefing that the, that really the, the here is the back briefing ends, ends up being so uh, powerful to ensure that you have alignment. Uh, in a sense, if you if you have good back briefings, I think you could sort of fix your way into an adequate briefing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but with without the the back briefing, you really you have no safety net. Indeed. Okay. Well, if listeners are going out and trying some briefings or back briefings, or if you have a score you'd like to talk to us about, or or, uh, like to know whether you're you're using these techniques well, that's something you can definitely talk to us about. You can find us on troubleshootingagile.com. You'll find email and Twitter and lots of other ways to get in touch. We'll be at the um, DevOps Enterprise Summit in Las Vegas at the end of October, promoting our book, Agile Conversations. So if you'd like an early copy, get yourself there. Uh, If you're anywhere near Las Vegas. You don't have to gamble. You can just come talk to us about uh, Agile conversations and troubleshooting your Agile team. So we'd love to see you there. And of course, we also like it when listeners click any kind of subscribe button they might happen to have, because when they do that, you get to hear us every week on Wednesday. So we'll be back next week with something else exciting and interesting, and uh, probably soon after that with some tales from Las Vegas. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl. 